Maybe I'll just, yeah, I'll just use this. Okay. <laughs> There's a light on it, I swear. Look, double check. See a light. There's a light on it. I did the right thing. Um, it's great to see you this morning. Uh, I, I really like this, this kind of format that we're going to do. I've done a few of these this year. And um, I think it's a little bit like a Joe Rogan podcast. You know, this is unedited, uncut. You're going to see raw. <laughs> Straight from the mouth, you know. Um, I, think, I think it's pretty cool to have a bit of a discussion. So, yes, hello, especially to Penrith Church who are here this morning. Thank you so much for coming out. It's great to see some of you together in the service for the first time since March, maybe. Um, and uh, hello at home to those of you who uh, couldn't make it this morning. Uh, you can see us, and uh, I mean, we assume that we can't see you, but maybe we can. There's a bit of hacks going on in the webcam. <laughs> Stop picking your nose. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I think Christmas, like Christianity, should begin with a foundation of worship. And that's why this morning we're going to be talking about worshipping fully. So joining me on the couches is my beautiful wife, Geordie, who seems quite far away. I don't know if we have to social distance. It's a little weird, isn't it? It's a little weird. It's like, hey, how are you doing? Um, and joining us this morning, our worshipping creative pastors, Darren and Anne Miller-Champ. So why don't you give them a hand, uh, welcoming them up here. I've, I've practiced that intro many times because, you know, I just really want to say Aaron and Dan Hope 103.2 Breakfast Radio because it's so similar, but I didn't. So go me. I got that one right. Awesome. So thanks for, for coming this morning, guys. I'm excited about our chat that we're going to have about worshipping fully. So I thought I'd start off with probably a pretty important question, which is why celebrate Christmas at all? What do you guys think about that? Okay, so why do we celebrate Christmas as as Christians and as a church? Um, We celebrate it because um, it's the day that the Son of God came, uh, was born and came into this world. Um, Yeah, that's why. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's something universal in the world, whether, you know, secular, they, you know, Christmas is the, the focal point. What they celebrate is up to the individual. So I think, um, yeah, 25th of December is, is an awesome time where we can, you know, reestablish that, you know, Jesus is on the throne um, and he's our focus. I, this year, being um, COVID, it's, it's made everyone do a, like a hard reset. Everything we held as, you know, being, you know, we put in place as foundational is no longer exists. It's all changed. So um, we've done the hard part. We've made the readjustment. So let's let's carry that through to Christmas. And um, for me, what I want to do is take the baby out of the manger and put Jesus on the throne. Because um, the baby in the manger to the world, it's... It's not that threatening, so you know, it's okay if you believe in that or celebrate that. That's you're not going to get stoned for it. But you put Jesus on the on the throne and and worship and celebrate that as Christmas. I think that's really cool. So that's my COVID reset. Yeah, awesome, awesome. I think it's it's this thing that's happening regardless all around us. Christmas is happening. Some people do some things, other people do other things, but it's, uh, it's an opportunity for us Christians to say, well, why, hang on, why are we actually doing this? Like, this is actually our major holiday, Easter is too, but can we make the most of this? Can we, can we take the heart of this thing 
and, uh, and make sure that we're getting the most out of it as, as Christians. And I love what you said, putting Jesus on the throne, <laughs> taking the baby out of the major. Yeah. Awesome. Well, my, my follow-up to that is, how would you guys define what worship is? I found myself looking at that being stuck in my favourite um, place in the Bible, which is Revelations, and and all That's the imagery scary. and everything. You know, the the phrase you know, holy, holy, holy. Um, you know, the four creatures um, that are they're so cool, but their job was to proclaim that. And in the Hebrew, um, stating something three times um, is significant, and it's saying, look, this is important, and also being in the Bible, being done three times, it's an absolute. Um, so there's um, no questioning it. And then you see all the, the rest of uh, heaven responds to the four creatures. Um, you know, bow down, put in, you know, the 24 elders put their crowns down in front of the throne. Um, put it all down, laid it all down. And, you know, that's worship. Because you know, I'm not a singer. I'm a half bass player, but... You know, <laughs> For me to worship, I can't be defined as just being, you know, worship, you know, as we see it up on stage singing. Um, it's it's that everything, it's our whole being, it's our body, soul, and mind, spirit, just all being united and just falling before God and just saying, you know, you know, holy, holy, holy. Yeah. Yeah, so um, just to add to that, you know, being in God's presence, how good is it to come and worship corporately? Um, in church this morning. Thank you for bringing the presence of God. You know, because we, that's, what is worship? Being immersed in his presence. Um, Yeah, and once we're immersed in his presence, we're able to impact, you know, um, others. Yeah. Got anything out of that, babe? Um, I think I've realized that over Christmas, it's very, very easy to become distracted and to actually step away from having our attention set on the throne. Um, But we actually should have the opposite response where we use the season of Christmas as an opportunity to realign our hearts and reset our focus onto those things that are important. And... um, and I know that the world prepares for, Christ, for Christmas, particularly the Western world. We, we use the month of December and, and even November to um, buy gifts and to think about our holidays and, and rest and all of those wonderful things. Um, but we need to make sure that in the midst of that, we are focusing on our, our attention on the most important thing. And so I, I have this beautiful season that I'm living in right now, having three young children, um, where I'm realizing that the things that are traditions in my life um, that I just do because I understand that the focus is on Jesus, they don't understand at all. So when we're dancing to Christmas music in the living room or whatever it is that we do, while I can use that time to worship, my children just hear music in the living room and I actually have to stop and draw their attention to focus on Jesus in that moment and teach them that this is what we're doing. And, and that's been a wonderful reminder to me in everything that I do in my preparation towards Christmas to actually stop and to think, why am I doing this? And am I worshipping fully as I do this? Yeah, fantastic. So, Anne, you touched a little bit on the, uh, the corporate expression of what it looks like when we come together to worship. 
Do you have any thoughts about what that can look like, uh, worshipping individually by yourself versus when you come together as a church? Sure. Um, I like to worship in the shower. Amen. Where the spirit of the Lord is, over the surface of the waters, right? Genesis tells us that. Yeah, I mean, I get most of my revelation in the shower, um, which is interesting. But um, I also like to worship um, as soon as I get in the car as well. Um, I like to have the radio going. I like, you know, Hope 103.2, Dan and Aaron, yeah, Um, (laughs) going. I like like to be in my lounge room and worship. I like to have the um, worship music going while I'm cleaning my house. Um, You know, worship is not only just, you know, singing songs, though. Worshiping is also sacrificing your time. It's also um, serving. I love to serve in my church. I serve pretty much every Sunday and every Friday night. You know, I love, I love to worship God in that way um, as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I, uh, I spoke a few weeks ago, ago about the idea of sacrifice is worship. It's when you're giving something up that maybe you would want or maybe you would want to do because with that, by laying that thing down, you're putting something else in its place. And, and so I like to kind of phrase worship as putting God back in number one spot. And, and there's many different areas of our lives where we can have a look and go, mm, God's not number one there. Maybe I need to change something either in here or externally to put God back into that number one spot and take down whatever has, has taken his place. So um, what, what kind of advice do we have uh, practically about how do we keep God in the number one spot at Christmas time? Yes, um, I know for us, when we first came over here, um, uh, the, the whole Christmas event, it became bigger than being her. And um, it was driving me insane the, the process that in our house that was involved, it, the event was more the focus and God was, um, you know, if we got to, to God at the end of it, we were doing well. Um, so he put some, just some rules in place um, that worked for us, that took the pressure off um, Christmas Day as the event um, so we can actually, you know, bring people with us rather than um, have everyone destroyed and in tears around us because we had one Christmas where everything went wrong the preparation the lead up the the food prep was just insane and I think one of the roasts burnt and that was it Christmas was over forever and I'm going I just said this is not Christmas it's so much more about the, the lead up and I said Dan from now on from you know from this point on Christmas is um cold meat sandwich Christmas and so we can spend our focus on bringing friends um, and family around us and and God in the centre of that, that's our Christmas focus. And, you know, we, you know, cold meat sandwiches, and I think this year's K- the year of KOC. So um, we're going to bless KOC because they'll be open. And, you know, it, it, it means we can engage those around us that are close to us, and, and even strangers, we can invite them in and, and share um, Jesus Christ as, as Christmas rather than the, the, the big event of the meal. So that just works for us. Yeah, keeping it simple. Yeah, keeping it simple. Cold meat, cold salads, you know, KFC. (laughs) Still having a banquet. (laughs) 
What's your favourite sauce, Anne? Sorry? Your favourite sauce for the chicken. Favourite sauce for the chicken? From KFC. Or do you not oh. do it? Are you no sauce person? I'm a sweet and sour. Sweet and sour. Oh, yeah. traditional. I like that. Yeah. I'm a bit of an aioli guy myself. Geordie likes the Big Mac sauce from Macca's. That's important for you guys to know. <laughs> we can put a poll up on Facebook, you know, favourite sauces at KFC for your nuggets. What if they did a Christmas sauce? Oh, Just a Christmas. Christmas sauce. What flavour would it be? Cranberry, yeah. Cranberry. Ah, there we go. Yep, these people know. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's true. People can kind of feel like you need a holiday after Christmas. <laughs> but keeping it simple um, is, yeah, that's, that sounds like a fantastic way to keep God focused because there's not these other things coming in and crowding that out. It's really cool. So um, what about, Jordy kind of touched on this a bit further, but how do we go about uh, passing on this idea of keeping God number one at Christmas to our kids? What are some practical things that we can do to show them what that looks like? Open to you too, babe. Um, I reckon that's, that's done during the year. Um, you know, yeah, for our kids, I don't think... I know for, for me as a child growing up, um, we were that bad at Christmas, me and my brother. Our parents cancelled Christmas at the age of 10 and there was Christmas no more. Um, and that was like cold turkey. Um, so my take on Christmas is going to be a little bit different to a lot of others. Um, so when we had kids, we established that, um, oh yeah, we did, we did the worst. So you, you take it, you know how you take your childhood trauma and make it in a vow? and then go full the other way as an adult, saying you'll never, ever do that to your children. Yeah, Christmas just got way out of hand in our household, and um, the credit card got more and more. I, I said to him, we can't do this. This is not sustainable um, at all. So we, we, paired, we didn't cancel Christmas. We just paired it back um, and just you know, celebrated with our children um, and just got family together and took the focus off the presents. Um, and just put the focus on being a family and pretty much did that, I think. I think about how easily it, how easy it is to become overwhelmed in the season of Christmas in, in just all the preparation and, and while my young children can't communicate to me when they're overwhelmed verbally, they can in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, tantrums and all the rest of it, those, those wonderful things that we get to face as parents. Um, and, and I just think that if I am becoming overwhelmed in the preparation leading up to Christmas, then my children are going to feel exactly the same. And, and that, um, that can be found in every area. One of the areas I've been thinking about just in doing the Christmas shopping is do they really need, you know, upwards of $100, hundreds of dollars spent on them? Because when they receive this plethora of gifts and, you know, everybody in the family will spoil them, they're just going to become overwhelmed. And children will tend to um, look at the one, they'll, they'll just pick one thing and they'll focus their attention on that because they just can't cope with all of the rest of it. And I think we're exactly the same. Um, we can foc become so consumed by everything that's going on that we just become overwhelmed and instead we actually just need to stop and receive the one message of Christmas, the one thing that's really valuable 
And so I think, yes, scaling it back is just so important so that we have space in our lives, space in our hearts to just focus on what Christmas is actually about. And that might be a practical thing for you. That might mean thinking about your budget and thinking about, um, you know, not overdoing it with the food and and the gifts and everything. Or it might just be a heart thing where you just need to go, okay, I'm just so consumed with the end of the year wrapping up at work and all of those different things that pull our attention that we just need to stop and, and focus on, on what's really important, that one thing that's really important. Yeah, great. I, uh, I was talking to Judah the other day, uh, reminiscing about our childhood. And we, we both have this, and I'm sure Elijah and Solly would probably be the same, because what we used to do, right, every Christmas morning, we would have a church service. And Pastor Jack Haynes over at Imaginations, they set up this thing where he would go and try out all the kids' favorite toys that they got on Christmas morning. You know, and so the service would be a fairly short service, and then there would probably be half an hour or more of him shooting Nerf, Nerf guns off the stage and all this stuff. And we brought that tradition across with us here, um, and, and we did that. But I just remember that decision of Christmas morning of, what favorite toy am I going to bring, like, to show off to my church family today? And, and Judah agreed. Like, it just meant so much to us that Christmas was about coming and sharing a bit of Christmas with our church family as we, we came together and we celebrated the fact that Jesus saved us all and that he was born into the world and God became a human being to, to deal with all of our human problems. And uh, we got to worship together and sing carols together. And it was just funny how that little thing of kids, bring your favorite toy to Christmas morning service meant so much to us as kids. Um, and, and so that kind of got me thinking, you know, we've, we've been talking about uh, building altars over the last couple of months and, and building altars in our lives that are things or, or traditions or ways that we do life that show people that God is powerful and he should be honored. And so I thought, what kind of altars uh, can we put in place and, and, or, or have we already put in place at Christmas time? So, um, like you said, we make sure that we um, come to church every Christmas and celebrate with our church family. Um, we've, we've recently become empty, empty nesters and then... Um, recently again moved in with our son because we're about to build a house <laughs> um so does that mean he cooks cooks you breakfast or no oh that should work like that. Uh, i've sort of gone back to being mum again it's <laughs> it's like washing ironing dishes yeah anyway um so we, we're building a, a house um in in red bank um at the moment and i really want to um well, God spoke to us about building this house, that it's, you know, going to be God's house, and that we want to, we're building this house to, to have people um, in our house. You know, we want neighbours, we want friends and family. So um, our Christmas tradition would be to have, yeah, family over. I also thought about the, th the thought about um, maybe doing communion at Christmas. Yeah. Pretty good time for it. Yeah. But with KFC? Mm. <laughs> nuggets. 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 <laughs> Breaking the nuggets. Um, I've, 
I've been asking my husband um, semi-regularly lately if we can be a Christmas light family, if we can decorate the house with Christmas lights. And um, I, I just had this thought just a few weeks ago that with the year that we've had, with coronavirus happening, um, the restrictions are beginning to lift, which means that we can do our shopping, um, etc. But our, ch- our church, you know, we still have restrictions placed on gathering together in groups and, and in church. And, and so that means that I think they see things like um, big community park events where we sing carols together. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do those things. And the church often uses those avenues to reach the community and spread the gospel. And so I think that we have to be creative as the church this year and, and think about how we can um, spread the message of Christ in this season. Um, and so it's, it's causing me to really rethink some of the traditions that we have as a family and um, the, the altars that we build as a family. And so I said to Jesse, I would love to do Christmas lights out the front of our house because, you know, people can drive in their cars and look at Christmas lights. I think a lot of people are going to be doing that this year. But I want our Christmas lights to spread the gospel. I don't want to focus on Santa Claus and, and all of those colourful things that are really exciting and fantastic. I want our house to be the house on the street where you see the nativity scene and you start to um, to really unpack and think about that message of Christ. So um, still working on my husband with that one, but we'll see what we can do. I'm fully in support of this idea. You heard it here first. It's I just haven't happen. gotten around to it. <laughs> Are we going to have animals in the nativity scene? Real life animals. I don't have to feed them or clean up their poo, so absolutely. We'll borrow oh. the chickens from Real Auntie animals, Beth and no, Uncle not Elijah. real animals. Actually, um, just one thing you touched on about um, you know how we used to do Christmas in the park. Um, this year we've got the best um, opportunity to spread the gospel because before we did it in three locations, um, you know our three churches would pick a park and in our in our community and we'd spread the news. But now we've got house churches in almost every different community that we can think of. We've got parks in every community we can think of. The message is with us, so. We've got such a greater impact. Um, pick a park and share the, the gospel, um, share the Jesus Christmas. Um, and we're not limited there. Uh, we can go to whatever park and keep our numbers safe, still you know, abide with the, the regulations that are before us. But um, our range of impact is, uh, is huge now. It's almost catching on fire. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware that our team is working hard behind the scenes putting together a Christmas uh, stream uh, that you will all be able to access. So it's never been easier to invite a neighbour or a family friend over to uh, a Christmas service. So come over to my house, we'll put it on. So uh, you just bring the nuggets. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about our new neighbours that we're going to have uh, in Red Bank. I've heard some stories, so we'll, we'll work on them. Ah, uh, good, good. <laughs> Um, so this, this is slightly a, a change of topic a little bit, but there's a passage in, in the Bible that sprang to my mind uh, that talks about worshipping in spirit and in truth. Uh, I think it's easy to just sing a lot of Christmas carols at Christmas time, um, but pro- probably easy to do that without actually worshipping in spirit and in truth. So do any of you guys have anything to speak into what that scripture means to you and, and what that looks like to practically unpack that in your life. I have to throw to you. 
Um, yeah, the worship, the spirit and the truth. I mean, yeah, I think it's just, for me, it's just being intentional about, you know, how I sing. Not that I sing a lot, but I don't sing in the shower either. But, you know, just spiritually being in the right place um, and the right focus. And then, you know, invite Holy Spirit to, to be a part of that. And then that, yeah, it just all unfolds. Yeah, I think uh, if we relied on our emotions to worship, we would probably end up all over the place. <laughs> Uh, so yes, to, to come from a place of our spirit where even though it might not seem a certain way, uh, for us to, to focus in on God's truth and to choose to bypass how we might feel and say, well, God's still on the throne. He's still number one. And maybe Christmas isn't what I wish it was, but God's still number one and I'm going to make him number one. And, uh, and I, I think, you know, that, that can be a bit of a sacrifice in itself to, to be like, oh, I don't want to do X, Y, Z to worship God, but I know that I need to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's amazing that even, even just sacrifice itself, for people who, to see you sacrifice something at Christmas time, which seems to be this indulgent season about getting everything you want and doing whatever you want and, you know, having a holiday to see someone actually going without and sacrificing at Christmas speaks a lot about why we are doing what we're doing, uh, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I think um, worshipping in spirit and in truth, number one, um, keeping our spirit in the right place and, and seeking Christ in this season. Number two, seeking truth. Where do we find truth? In the Word of God. Um, and so setting that time aside to get into your Word and to to seek God's wisdom for your life. Um, And I I think, you know, when we think about who Christ is, who Jesus is, the word says he is the Prince of Peace, yet at Christmas time so many of us don't feel peace for for whatever reason. And and I think that if you don't feel peace over the season of Christmas, then you're actually missing the point. And you you need to seek that out and and realign yourself with with who Jesus is and and, um, get back into that place of peace over the Christmas season. I, I think it's um, aligning our, our body, mind, and spirit, you know, to that's true worship. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, I've got one, uh, one last question to, uh, to leave with you, uh, which is quite, quite a practical one. But if, if someone here, someone watching or, or someone here today wanted to uh, make some changes so that they can worship fully this Christmas, what advice would you give them about where, where would they start? What's something they could start to do to, to bring in an element of worship into the foundation of what Christmas is about? Um, I'd do the, um, I'd basically bring the, the COVID mindset in and just, just seeing, um, making, a, making a change, um, it's not not an easy one, but um, yeah, for us, we've progressed over time. Um, how we do do Christmas, and we're still doing it in a different way and learning different different ways of doing it. Not being set in a in a tradition or a or a pattern. Uh, just being open to to how God's moving and how, how our circumstances are. So incrementally, don't don't expect that you're gonna, you know, have a completely 
perfect Christmas the way that it should be. No, Just well, find something and make a little bit of a change. And yeah. then the next year, build on those traditions. Yeah, yeah right. little That's adjustments. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we call them course corrections. And you, know, you get a, a Kairos moment, basically. And you know, what's God saying? And what does he want me to do about it? And just, just implement that. And you know, when that happens, just acknowledge it and, um, and listen and, and act. Um, create create space. I mean, get your calendar out, put put some space in um, to worship and make um, Jesus number one. And yeah, be intentional. Um, yeah, be intentional. I know uh, for us, we not not on Christmas, but just after Christmas, as soon as we got married, we decided to give ourselves a couple of days to uh, kind of align the compass again for our life, you know. So Geordie and I will spend some time and some extensive time, you know, set aside quite a few hours to talk about how did this year go? Uh, what did it look like? And, you know, did, did we feel like we did what God asked us to do this year? Uh, what things would he want us to change next year? And so we had this time of reflection and reevaluation and planning for the next year. And at the heart of all of that is keeping God number one. You know, did we keep him number one? Did we, did we live a life of worship to him this year? And how can we do that better in the next year? So, uh, yeah, I think Christmas Day, sure, that's fantastic. We should do that well. But Christmas this is this whole season, really. It's this whole time of year. Uh, that I think you can have many, many opportunities to put God back on the throne and keep him there and worship and honour him and let that show others about how good he is. So, Awesome. Well, thank you uh, so much for joining me up here today. I, uh, I hope you at home have really received some awesome wisdom out of this and uh and you've had a lot to mull over as we go away but uh, as well, let's just give these guys a, a hand uh as we close you can clap at home too yep uh so uh i'm gonna let these guys head off but uh, i just i thought it wouldn't be right to uh finish up our service this morning on worshiping fully without giving you one last moment to reset and realign and so if you guys wouldn't all mind standing with me uh, as the team gets ready what is God trying to speak to you about this morning through what we've talked about you know you might have seen many many Christmases happen in your home in your household you might have a certain number of traditions that you've always done but is there anything that God's like hey I want you to change this up so that you can worship me more is there a shift in your spirit that you need to have? Maybe, maybe through your head you've got all of this hustle and bustle of, all right, what, what's the menu going to be Christmas Day? You know, how much leftovers am I going to have Boxing Day? Uh, how many people do I need to buy gifts for? How many people are harassing me for my own wish list? Where do we need to be Christmas Day? Does COVID allow that? Can we be with this family? Can we be with that family? Maybe, I mean, there's a lot to think about, and I fully understand that. But can we just take a few minutes this morning? We're right in, in November. We've got plenty of time to get all of that sorted. Let's make sure that Christmas is about worship. 
wholehearted, full worship of our King because we are so thankful to Him because of who He makes us and how He transforms us and who He is as our loving Father. Remember, your identity is a child of God. Amen. Awesome. Let's worship together.